we will go into the book of First Samuel, chapter 17. We'll close our eyes and look to the Lord. Please pray this prayer after me. Lord, open my eyes to see your truth. Lord, open my ears to hear your truth. Lord, open my mind to receive your truth. Lord, open my heart to keep your truth. Let me be a doer of your word and not a hearer only. Let me bring forth much fruit to the praise and glory of God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Speak, Lord. I will listen and obey. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. First Samuel chapter 17 and I will read from I'm going to read verses here and there as the Spirit of the Lord wants me to and I'm going to go over every single verse and um, we will read From verse 1. Now the Philistines gathered their armies together to battle and were gathered at Soko, which belongs to Judah. They encamped between Soko and Zekah in Ephesdemim. And Saul and the men of Israel were gathered together and they encamped in the valley of Elah and drew up in battle array against the Philistines. The Philistines, the Philistines stood on a mountain on one side and Israel stood on a mountain on the other side with a valley between them. And a champion went out from the camp of the Philistines named Goliath from Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span. He had a bronze helmet on his head and he was armed with a coat of mail and the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of bronze. And we're going to stop right here. You can read the details on your own. The first portion we read was, there's a war between Israel and the Philistines. And you have both the nations having their troops on either side of the mountain, and there's a valley in the middle. And then we also see that the Philistines are sending out a champion called Goliath, who is huge. His appearance is scary. And with all of his appearance and physical strength, he also is fully armed. And he carries weapons with him. And then there's a challenge that he throws before the children of Israel, which is verse 8. Let's go there. Then he stood and cried out to the armies of Israel and said to them, Why have you come out to line up for battle? 
Am I not a Philistine and you the servants of Saul? Choose a man for yourselves and let him come down to me. If he is able to fight with me and kill me, then we will be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then you shall be our servants and serve us. Now he's giving this challenge. If you kill me, then my people will be your servants. But if I kill you, then all of you will be our servants. And then he says another thing, verse 10. And the Philistine said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. When Saul and all Israel heard these words of the Philistines, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. So David belonged to this group of people who heard what Goliath said, who heard the challenge, and he lives among the people, but he was not aware of what was going on. The children of Israel were very scared. They heard the news. They were aware of what was going on, but David was not aware of what was going on. Now, the Philistines are fighting with the children of Israel. And then we also have, then we also have Goliath here challenging the children of Israel. It may look very scary. It may look too dangerous. One thing the people of Israel forgot that David did not, was when he said in verse 10, I defy the armies of Israel this day. The children of Israel forgot that the captain of the armies of Israel is the, arm, is the captain of the armies of heaven and earth. He's called the Lord of hosts. The armies of Israel belongs to God Almighty because he is their God. He is their king. He is their captain. If he appoints Saul to be the king over Israel, he is king above Saul. This is his nation. These are his people. When you think about the people of Israel, how they forgot who they belonged to. That's where the problem came. They forgot who they belonged to. They forgot who their leader was. They forgot who their king was. They forgot who their commander was. If you forget who you belong to, the enemy will bring you down in no time. If you forget who your God is, who your captain is, and you think that you are carrying the whole world on your head and you are the warrior and no one is like you, You'll be down in no time. The enemy will bring you down in no time. It is important to understand that we have our God above us, that we are underneath him. That we are not orphans in this world. We have our God. Who brought us here? Who appointed Saul to be king over Israel? Who? 
Who gave this king to the people of Israel? Who? They forgot. They forgot that it was God who gave them all these things. They forgot it was God who appointed. They forgot that it was God who is about. It is God who is about this nation. When the Philistines said, I defy the armies of the living of Israel, he is saying, I defy the armies of the living God. The children of Israel were not able to make that connection. You know why? Because they were focused on themselves. If you are focused on yourself, you are going to forget who you belong to. You're going to forget the resources you have in the one who is over you. You're going to forget all the help that you have through the one who is over you. You're going to forget the victories that is yours because of the one who is over you. If you forget the one who is over you, you will live in defeat. That's how many, many believers live in defeat because they forgot who is over them. Let me tell you this. Only those who stop having God as their Lord will forget who their Lord is. I want to repeat this. Only those who stop having God as their Lord will forget who their Lord is. Now why? Because now they are functioning without God being their Lord. That means they are not doing what he told them to do. They are not consulting him for everything. And so what happens when something happens? There's this disconnect. God is not here. For them, because they are not there where God is. God is speaking to hearts at this time. If you want to live an overcoming life, you need to be under his care 24-7, and you need to know that you're under his care 24-7. Something happens to you, you have God to run to every single time, and he's there all the time. So when the Philistines said, I defy the armies of Israel this day, that means he's saying, I'm defying, I'm defying the armies of the living God this day. Who are these people? Who do they belong to? Who are you? Who do you belong to? Who do you belong to? Who do you belong to? Think about that. Who do you belong to? If you know who you belong to, you don't have to worry about anything. You don't have to worry about anything. God will be, God will be there for you every step of the way. You don't have to worry about anything. You just need to ask the Lord, Lord, this is what is happening. What should I do? And He will tell you exactly what you need to do. Verse 11, when Saul heard this and all the Israel people heard this, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. Why? Because they are not within the shelter of God. God is no more their commander. They're doing their own things. Saul thinks that he is the commander. Anytime we think that we are in charge, understand, you have become a zero at that point. When you take God away from you, now we can say, well, I go to church, I pray and all those things, but in your day-to-day life, you act like you are the boss, you act like you are in charge, and you act like you are running the show, understand that you have become a zero at that point. Not you will become, you have become a zero at that point already. Once God is removed, 
and you feel like you are running everything and the whole world runs on your head and you take everything upon yourself, understand this, you will be crushed under the weight of it. We're not called to bear everything and run the show, by the way. He's the one. He's the master builder. When you forget who the master builder is and think that the co-laborer becomes the master builder and acts like a big shot, understand that at that point, that person has become a zero. Always know that. He's the boss. Always know that. He's the leader. Always know that. He's your commander. He leads and we follow. He speaks and we listen and we obey. Don't do a single thing without hearing from him. Be patient and wait. Now, you see here, let me just go. I'm going to scroll down a little more. Let's just go here. Let's go to verse 23. So now David is brought to a place where he becomes aware to what is happening. We just saw a little while ago how the people who were in battle were aware of what's happening and David was not. He is with the sheep and he's singing and he's worshiping God and he's not aware of this big battle that is taking place. Nobody told him. We can be like that. Not aware of what is happening. But suddenly God puts us in a place where we're exposed to the reality of what is happening. But a person who is walking with God will handle things very differently from a person who is not walking with God. Let's read verse 23. Then as he talked with them, there was the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, coming up from the armies of the Philistines, and he spoke according to the same words. So David heard them. And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were dreadfully afraid. So the men of Israel said, have you seen this man who has come up? Surely he has come up to defy Israel. And it shall be that the man who kills him, the king will enrich with great riches, will give him his daughter and give his father's house exemption from taxes in Israel. We must understand that there are certain blessings that God will keep for the diligent. Write this down. There are some earthly blessings that God will keep for those who are diligent. When you do the work of God, if you diligently do the work of God, there are specific blessings and places of honor, seats of honor that God will give for those who lay down their lives and serve the Lord. We don't have to wait for honor when we go to heaven. He who honors me, him will my father honor. When? Right here on the face of the earth. Those who truly lay down their lives and follow God Almighty, God will position them and place them in seats of honor on earth. Now David hears this. Now this offer that Saul has offered to Israel, saying that whoever does this, you know, this is what is going to happen to you, that the king is going to give you his daughter and and give his father's house exemption from taxes. Now, this is a big thing. This is a reward that is coming to that one person who's going to who's willing to lay down his life and fight against Goliath. 
Mm, we must understand. The person who lays down his life to fight against Goliath is not fighting for himself. He's fighting for the people. If he wins, then all of them are going to not be slaves to Philistines. If he doesn't go and the Philistine comes and he kills somebody, what's going to happen? All of Israel are going to be his slaves. So the person whoever is going to go to the forefront and who's going to fight with the Philistine is someone who is willing to die. Someone who has a vision. Someone who is willing to lay down everything so that the rest of the people can live. And the process, there's this blessing that comes. But it's a huge thing. If Everyone would say, well, he did it for this. And, you know, David went and he did it because he wanted to marry, you know, the king's daughter and because he wanted, you know, this position. Well, why don't someone else go do it for all the talk? No one was able to go do it because, you know, they can get killed. After you get killed, are you going to go marry the king's daughter? After you get killed. So it has to be someone who has a vision, someone who says, I'm going. Someone who says, I believe that I will overcome and I will save these people and take the honor, take the reward that God has for me. God is speaking to our hearts today. This is very important. This is prophetic that God is speaking. There are specific places that God will have, specific territory, specific blessings that God will have within Israel. And it is for people who will say, I am diligent, I will do it, I will lay down my life, I'll push everything aside, and I will take care of what God wants me to take care of. And a diligent, 100% diligent, and make God's work a priority, God will place them in seats of honor. God will use them to be a blessing to hundreds and thousands of people, the entire nation of Israel. And they get the blessings that God has for them. Now this provision, this blessing was an honor given by God through Saul to whoever will be diligent. Whoever has the faith to partner with God in order to deliver Israel. Who is here today? Who is here today? Who say like, I'll be like David. I'll partner with God and I will be someone who laid down my life in order to save Israel. And I'll be someone who will inherit that which God has for me. Imagine a parent says, I'm making this for my child. Or I'm going to give this to my child. I'm just telling the child to do this so that you can get it. The child is not motivated enough or the child says, well, I like to play video games. I'm not going to do this. And the child never took advantage of the precious thing that the parent has. Now what grief that parent will have? Because it's something precious the child is not able to see and the child forfeited this. That's how God is. When we forfeit that which God has for us, we're forfeiting the very thing that God wants to give to us. God wanted to give to any Israelite man who would go and partner with God and accomplish this great thing for God's glory. It's a blessing. There are earthly blessings that God has for his people who lay down their lives so that others may be saved. 
who lay down their lives so that they can partner with God and accomplish great things for the kingdom of God. To preserve his people. To deliver his people. And then there are blessings that God has for them and for their children and for their generation that they will receive as a result of laying down their lives to partner with God. And they'll inherit that which God has for them. So there is this reward that God has for them, the personalized reward for them and their generation, their family. And then there is this great accomplishment that all these people were saved because of this one person who chose to lay down their lives, lay down his life or her life. Now, verse 26, then David spoke to the men who stood by him saying, what shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? Look at that. For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Do you see the difference? Do you see the difference? How David sees that the army of Israel is the army of the living God. Saul didn't see that. The army of Saul didn't see that. They all thought they belonged to Saul and they all belonged to Israel. And that's it. Where is God? If you take God away from Israel, there's no Israel. If you take God away from the armies of Israel, there's no army of God there. How's that? Look at David. The whole outlook of David is entirely different from the people of Israel and the king of Israel, whom God appointed. There's a warning here from the Holy Spirit at this hour to our church. Saul was someone who wanted to hide himself. He was not after power or position. But after God gave something to him, he forgot God. He put himself in the place of God. After that, he wanted power and he wanted honor. Something that he was not after before. We have to be very careful. Be very careful. Understand it's God who takes you from where you are and puts you in places of honor. And remember, it's only God who can sustain you in that place of honor. It's God who takes you from one place and places you in another so that you can be a blessing to many people. And it's only God who can continue to make you a blessing to people. If you forget God who brought you from Egypt and placed you in Canaan, then Canaan will not be able to hold you there. The seat that God has given you will not be able to hold you there because it was created by God and sustained by God. Always remember, we have to be within God. We need to be in the will of God. We need to be humble no matter where God has us because it's a hand of God that is holding us. It's the hand of God who takes us. It's the hand of God who places us. And it's the hand of God that's holding us. The moment we think it's us, that hand will be removed and we'll fall flat from Whatever height we've been placed, the harder the fall will be.
So, Saul here forgot that God is over him. He forgot that this army belongs to God. But how come David did not? And David is not the king. David is not even the soldier. David is an ordinary civilian. A young man. How come David remembered what Saul did not? How come David didn't know? How come Saul didn't realize that this army is the army of the living God? How come Saul forgot the very God who made him king over Israel? Saul forgot that he had a boss. Oh, very dangerous. If we forget the boss that brought us and put us, and you forget that he is over us, we are in a very bad place. If God picks us up and he puts us in a place, we have to continue to consult him for everything, and he has to be our boss all the time. We think that we are the ones in charge. At that point, we're no longer under his leadership. And you know what? He no longer will protect us. Saul forgot his commander. He forgot his king. David did not. They feel that Goliath is defying the armies of Israel. They heard that and they got scared. They didn't say, well, we belong to God and we are the armies of the living God. No. Let's go pray. No. They all got scared because, oh, they're defying us. They're defying our army. They're defying our king. We don't know what to do. They're all filled with fear because God was not in the scene. But David, on the other hand, he looks at that Philistine. He's not looking at him. Look, He's not looking at his stature. He's not looking at his armor. He's not looking at his physical capacity to fight. He's not looking at anything. A Goliath. He's looking at God, who is the head of the armies, and he's looking at David and he's saying, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Who is he? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? He's looking at him and he's saying, we are circumcised and he is not. We have the armies of the living God by our side and he does not. This is how we need to be. When you have a problem, when you have a challenge, when you have something that you are facing, you have to understand who you are. You have to remember who you are. And we have to understand who we are. And we have to look at the enemy for who he is. And we must understand who our God is. We must have him over our situation, we must go to Him. We must have faith in Him. If we don't have these things, we'll fall flat. We'll be filled with fear. God is speaking to our hearts at this hour. 
we look at a problem, are you looking at the problem? Like how a heathen would look at? Like how an uncircumcised person would look at? Are you circumcised in your heart? Do you have a covenant with God? Are you in a covenant relationship with your God? Is he your captain? Is he your leader? Is he in charge of you? If he's in charge of you, then he's the one who's leading the battle. And not you. You need to go to the leader and see what needs to be done. He needs to give orders. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? That he should defy the armies of the living God. When you look at your sickness, when you look at your problem, that's how you need to look at. Who is this devil that's trying to bring this against this temple of God? If you're not able to see it that way, the enemy has the upper hand. If you don't see yourself the way how you are too, that you are not your own, you're bought with a price, you belong to God and this is his temple. So who is the owner? Who is in charge? You or him? He is in charge. Why do we have to give in to fear? Why do, why do we have to act as if we don't have God? Like that sickness is more power than the living God who lives inside of this temple? Why do we have to act out in fear just like how the heathen does? That's why Jesus said, don't be like the heathen. Don't worry like the heathen. You have me. But if we forget that we have him, then we'll act just like the heathen. God is speaking to our hearts at this hour. Do you know that God is in charge of you? As long as you believe that he is, it's a matter of faith. If you don't believe, then he's no more in the scene. If you believe, then you bring him into your life. Your connection with God is based on your faith in God. If that faith is absent, then there's no more connection there. That's it. David had that strong faith in the living God, and he said, this army belongs to God, and he is the leader. And that's how God gave him the plan to overcome the enemy. If you don't have faith, then you won't have a plan from God. If you don't have faith, then you won't know what to do because you can't even see. You can't because you see what you see, not with the physical eyes, but with the spiritual eyes when it comes to defeating the enemy. You won't be able to see. You won't be able to hear what God wants you to hear. You won't be able to understand. You'll be just like the heathen crying because you cut off that power supply with your unbelief. God is speaking to our hearts at this hour. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Look at your sickness. Look at your problems. Look at the hindrances. Speak to those hindrances. That's what Jesus said, right? What is this? What is this? Is it bigger than your God who is living inside of you? Is it bigger than your God who is the head of your house if he is? Is this problem bigger than God who is your boss if he is? Is he? If he is, then you shouldn't worry. You can't just sit and say, well, I'm not worried about anything because he is my boss and I'm not going to do anything. No, when it comes to a problem, when it comes to a fight, you have to fight. 
When it comes to a situation where you have to have someone go before Philistine, before the Philistine, before Goliath and fight, somebody has to go and fight. At that time you can say, well, I'm not going to worry and I'm just going to sleep like a baby. No. You can't let Goliath continue screaming and defying the armies of the living God. Will he be the one who will get up and go and stop that nonsense right there? Will he be the one who will be used by God to put an end to that? Well, it didn't happen like that. David had to go and talk to different people and he faced obstacle after obstacle after obstacle after obstacle after obstacle all the way to the king. But he overcame every obstacle. That's how he made it to the king. Every time God was with him. Every time he had that connection with God continuously flowing and every obstacle that came, he overcame. It was not like there was no obstacle. Well, only if you have life, you'll feel pain. If you're dead, you won't feel pain. Only if you're going in the right direction, you will face obstacles. If you face lots of obstacles, good for you. You're doing the right thing. You're going the right direction. You just need to overcome that. Through God, I shall do valiantly. It is he who shall tread down my enemies. It is he. Look how David says. We don't take matters upon ourselves into our own hands and well about it. No. You bring God into the scene because he is over you. If you are sick, he is the ruler of your body. He is the boss of your body. He is the boss of your body and he is a king and he's the Lord. And this is a temple and he sits on the throne. Is he sitting on the throne? Are you seeing a sickness smaller than your God who is inside of you if you really believe that he is? What hindrance is there? God never said there are not going to be any hindrances. So when you see hindrances, don't wail over it. Oh, another hindrance. Oh, another hindrance. I can't see. I can't wait. Like hindrance after hindrance. After. I wish I can live a life with no hindrance. Well, when you're dead, you can. But if you're alive... When something touches you, you will feel pain. That's how you know something has touched you. That's how you know that you need to do something about it. When the enemy is coming against you, you will know he is coming against you. When there's a war, you will know there's a war. When you need to go stand before Goliath, you will know that that's what you should do. At that time, you can't be lying down in your bed trying to sleep. There's a time to laugh and there's a time to mourn. There's a time to sit quietly and there's a time to fight. There's a time for everything. And when it's war time, we need to fight. That's not the time we say, I'm sick and tired of this and you keep fighting all the time. Know this. When you cross one hurdle, you're going to go to the next point. There's always an elevation that comes. Every time you overcome something, your strength is doubled up. Every time you overcome a trial, you are getting stronger. God gives us increase. So every time you face something, be cheerful. Know that this is working out for something far greater. David faced obstacle after obstacle. And when he went and finally stood before Saul, you know how he'd have felt? Oh, thank God. Now Saul is going to let me go and stand before David. That's not how it worked out. Now Saul started speaking words of unbelief to David. And David didn't say, oh no, that's true. Goliath is so big and I'm so small and I'm not a what David didn't sing songs of unbelief with Saul. When unbelief came and words of unbelief came, David showed his shield of faith. David spoke words of faith. David started speaking testimonies to Saul. That's how you should be. When 
situations come, when your circumstance changes, when everything against you speaks loud and clear, everything that is negative. Who do you have inside of you? Do you have your past testimonies that are there? Do you have it all lined up on your wall? In your soul? Well, you can look at each one of them and say, God gave me victory there. God gave me victory there. God gave me victory here. God gave me victory there. And the same God who gave me victory all over here will give me victory again. Are you able to say that? Are you able to say that to your circumstance? Are you able to say that to your body? Are you able to say that to whatever the enemy is bringing against you? You should be able to if you have God with you. And how do you have him with you? By faith. When you stop believing, you cut off your supply line. You cut off your connection to the supply line. And that's it. We have to understand that we walk by faith and not by sight. Whatever you're facing, you have to understand. All the things that I'm facing... As pressure, as the enemy keeps mounting it more and more and more. I know that. With God, I'm going to bring everything down, everything down, everything down. The children of Israel let Goliath shout for 40 days and 40 nights and defy the armies of the living God. David didn't do that. The moment he heard it, he did something about it. He was not somebody who said, well, uh, I'm going to go and see what I can do. The brothers are there. The king is there. It's the king's job. Why should I? The very... There are some people who are so self-centered. It's not my problem. I don't have to do this. When you see a problem, do something about it. When you see a problem in the church, when you see something not right, do something about it. David came and he spoke to the king about it. David saw something that was going wrong and he said, I have to take action. Do something about it. Never sit and say that, well, it's not my problem. Well, are you part of the kingdom or not? If you're part of the kingdom and you see something going on, you are bound to say it because it is your duty that is fallen upon you. When you see something going wrong in your family, you have to do what you should do in order to save your family out of the trouble. David took action. He was not a warrior. He was not the king. He was very young, but still he felt the burden of the Lord that was inside of him. And that's a normal thing. Everybody was burdened about themselves. They're thinking, what's going to happen to me? What's going to happen to my family? You know, there are a lot of people, their priorities are all wrong. First thing is me. My time, my family time, my food time, my cook time, my my time, my rest time, my shower time, my time, my recreation time, all my time. And everything will revolve around, you know, that. God will be somewhere placed around that. According to that, I will adjust the things of God. Well, God will adjust himself according to the way you treat him and his work. David was not like that. Everything revolved around God. God honored him. It was David was not somebody who just sat in his house and slept like the rest of the people. He was someone who ran from one place to the other, one place to another. So every place he ran, he was winning those places for God. 
Yes, the enemy came after him, but you know what? He was more than a conqueror, more than a conqueror, more than a conqueror. Every place, even the heathen, the neighboring countries, everybody knew who David was. That's how you have to be. Satan should know who you are. All of heaven should know who you are. The people around you should know who you are. You all should know who you are. By what you do for Christ. Not by going and talking about yourself everywhere. No. What you do. A tree doesn't stand there and say, I'm an apple tree. I'm an apple tree. I've been an apple tree for 10 years. I'm an apple tree for 15 years. Oh, I'm an apple tree. No. You see apples in the apple tree. Your works will show who you are. Your works will show who you are. Your priorities will show what matters to you. Whether you are a self-centered person or God-centered person. Our God is an amazing God. He's all powerful. He's all amazing. Our God is the maker of heaven and earth. When he stands by our side, he will cause us to do great and mighty things for him. I'm going to wrap this up in a few minutes, but we're going to read a couple more verses that the Spirit of the Lord wants me to. So now David sees the uncircumcised Philistine. He's not seeing this mighty warrior, giant of the life. No, he's seeing this uncircumcised Philistines. How David's look was different. David sees the armies of Israel, the army of Israel to be the armies of the living God. He sees now the enemy as the uncircumcised Philistine. So David's calculations are very different than Saul and his people. According to David, if you're circumcised, that means if you're in a covenant relationship with God and you're part of the armies of the living God, then you have won already. That's the truth. That's the truth. We stand from there, we operate from there, and we win from there. From where? From God's word, from what God has done, from our covenant relationship with God Almighty. I'm going to stop right here as the Spirit of the Lord would want me to, but we're just going into the same scripture. Armies of the living God, army of Israel, Goliath who is huge, a man who is uncircumcised. Ten spies saw something entirely different when they saw Canaan. Two spies saw opposite to what the ten spies saw. Ten did not enter in, two entered in. Saul and his armies, they saw something entirely different. David saw something entirely different. I want to emphasize one point that God wants me to hear. Because majority of the people say something 
doesn't mean it's right. Because I have a lot of people to myself, doesn't mean I'm successful. Because I have a lot of knowledge and I have a lot of fame, doesn't mean I'm powerful. David was one person. Minority with God. Like our church. We don't have to have a huge place which God will give to us in time. We don't have to have a huge congregation which God will give to us. We will see it happen. Right now. Where we are. God is. David was young. David was powerful. Small place, full of power. Small Sunday school where kids are baptized in the Holy Spirit. Small youth group where lives are changing and people are on fire. Baptized in the Holy Spirit. Small congregation where people are set free, healed and delivered. And the Spirit of God is operating in the lives of the people. Raising them to a whole new level. Will that small stay small is the question. Think about it. Will it stay small? Think about it. It cannot. It cannot. The small army is rising up to becoming a mighty force. Where the power of God is there. Activities does not equal power. Size doesn't equal power. But power can produce larger size. Power can produce more activities. We need to get it right. A lot of times people can look and say, Oh, we know this is a big place and big congregation, you know, big people and a lot of people and equals zero. When the power is not there and just a lot of activities are there. But when the power of God is there, to change, to heal, to deliver, the work of the Holy Spirit is taking place. Whether it's small or large. And we know that the hand of God is in operation there. You know, there are some people who are against large churches, which is wrong. There are some people who despise small churches, which is wrong. God has to be in it, whether it's small or big. If God is there, we'll see signs and wonders. If God is there, we'll see dramatic changes in the lives of the people. We'll see from the little ones to the older ones, being touched by the Lord, delivered by the Lord, baptized in the Holy Spirit. Wherever God is moving, we'll see the fragrance of the Lord Jesus Christ and His power being demonstrated all over the world. God has his people in different corners of the world. Where God is there. Different places we have people like David that God has. Few in number. Only one in Israel. Think about that. Minority. He doesn't even have his family to support him. Poor fellow. That's what someone will say. So sad. You don't even have your dad to stand with you. His Heavenly Father was with him. The King of Kings and Lord of Lords was with him. Who else? The armies of the living God in heaven 
was by his side. All of the angels of God were by his side. Who else? Abraham was by his side. Moses was by his side. All the saints of God cheering him. Go, David, go. You think David was seeing all these, you know, in his vision and that's why he went and stood before Goliath? No. That's what was actually happening in the supernatural realm. But David was a man of God, a young boy who leaned on God and who had love for the Lord. And he said, I'm not going to let this guy take over my country. That's number one. I'm not going to let this guy defy my God. That's number one. And I'm not going to forfeit the blessing that God has for me that is coming through Saul. That's number one. All these things. Reason why I'm saying number one, there's a reason for it. They all take equal priority and equal place. I will not forfeit the earthly blessings that God has for me, for myself and for my children and for my generation. I will not forfeit the place that God has for me in this world to honor him. I will not forfeit the place that God has for me in heaven. And I will not let the enemy touch my people, my congregation and the people of God that God has in my reach where I can do something about it. This has to be transferred into every single one of you here. Every single one of you here. It's not about being a king. It's not about being a soldier. It's about being God's warrior. Saul was a king. Yeah, appointed by God. Yet all the soldiers there under Saul, they're all part of God's army, supposedly. But they all lost connection with God. No power. But one little fellow came. Little in the sight of man. Little in the sight of king who had the power. He looked at him and said, Huh, what can you do? You can't even wear my armor. He was discouraged at every he faced discouragement at every level, but never gave into it. Every level, all the way to the top. And even right before he had to go before Goliath, he faced opposition after opposition after opposition. David was one young person who did not give into anything that came against him. Are you going to be like that? Are you going to be like that? Can you be like that? Absolutely. If he can, you can too. What are you looking at? That's going to determine your inner strength. Who are you hanging out with? If you're just sitting every day and just looking at Saul and looking at his armies and keep looking at the Philistine and he keep looking at the Philistine's armies, that's all you do? Night and day, keep looking at your problems, your lab report, your doctor's report, Google and see what the disease is and how bad it's going to be and keep on looking at these things. And my friend Susie said, and my uncle Mike said, and my, you know, cousin Jack said, and whatever it is, keep on thinking about these things. What do you expect? You're going to be filled with terror like the children of Israel, like Saul and his army. But if you're like David, know how to worship God and be faithful and obey God and hide yourself in him. Be passionate about the living God and not be looking at, he saw the, he saw Goliath. He glanced at him. He heard what he said and that was it. He was no more standing in front of Goliath. 
he carried God with him. His eyes were on God. Even when he saw Goliath, his eyes were on God. What are you giving yourself over to? What is it that you're meditating on? Are you meditating on Goliath's words? Are you seeing Goliath before you all the time? Or are you meditating upon God's word and you're seeing God all the time? Oh, I've always kept the Lord before me and therefore I shall not be moved, King David says. He went on to become the king of Israel, not just any king. The most famous king in Israel, not just any king. King David, not just any David. Jesus was called the son of David. Not any David on earth. King David in heaven as well. If you look at David and you ask him, David, was it worth it to wander all those days from one place to another? David, was it worth it that you were not able to sleep in your own house like how your brothers did and your father did and all the rest of the people did? You were hunted. You suffered so much. So many years. It was not a week, many years he had to run. Many years, God allowed the enemy to chase after David. Many years. Many years. He had to go to the heathen king. Many years of suffering. Is it worth it, David? This is what your God gave? Satan will come and say. Is it worth it, David? They would say, it's worth it. Look at the price. Look at what I got. Saul didn't get that. God made the women in Israel sing for him. Saul killed a thousand. David, ten thousand. Honor came to him. He got married to Saul's daughter. At the height of success and at the height of victory, Satan raised Saul against David. That's how it is. You get so happy and you give a testimony and next thing you know, boom! The enemy shows up. And a lot of people feel like, I don't want to give testimony anymore. And I get hunted and I get, you know, chased after. And after I give testimony, this happens. And so so you're not going to glorify God. Satan does that. But there are times to give testimony. There are specific times that God will have for you to give testimony. Yeah, Satan will come after that. Yeah. You glorify God and you put him to shame. He's going to come after you. But can he prevail? No. Can he overtake? No. Will you have to fight him? Yes. Is there a portion, a territory that you will inherit when you win? Absolutely. That's how you gain more ground. That's how your territory will become bigger. By fighting every battle. So will you say that I don't want to face any battle? No. I'll be a fool to say that. Every time you face a battle, there are victories and there are territories that you will gain. Your borders will enlarge in. God is speaking to our hearts today. I want you to read this entire section, this chapter, 1 Samuel chapter 17, and see what David did for God. These verses are very important. You just scroll down more, you will see how 
David talks to the king and how his eyes were on God. Check out that passage section. And then go down further. I'm just giving you these couple of sections that the Holy Spirit wants me to. Check and see what David will say to Goliath. Verse 45. Read that. It'll really bless you. How he'll look at Goliath and he'll say, I come in the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel. It's not just the armies of some heavenly host. He is the Lord of the armies of Israel. How he saw God, how he saw Israel, how he saw himself. Very important. Very important. He was a young man, a man of faith. I want to take you to one more scripture. I'm not going to be reading it, but I want you to read it. I want to give you these scriptures. Let's just go to verse 51. Read that verse as well. Very important. So this David, who was not able to wear King Saul's armor, not able to carry his weapons, when he went with God and when he overcame the enemy, there was the supernatural strength and power that was given to him. A young boy who carried the sling and the stone, who brought down this giant with the sling and the stone, where God went with that stone, force of God went with his hand, and God brought the giant down. Now the spirit of God that is upon David makes him to run to who? Goliath. And what did he do? He took whose sword? Think about it. You know how heavy that sword would have been? And he couldn't even wear or carry Saul's armor and his weapon. He was able to carry that huge sword. Not only that, single-handedly, he killed Goliath. He cut off Goliath's head. That's the power of God. Physical strength of David could not have accomplished that. It's the power of the Holy Spirit that empowered him. That's an impartation that took place. When David did what God told him to do through the power of the Holy Spirit, there's an increase that came to David. Now he is able to carry Goliath. So later, if you see in David's life, when he had to get a sword from the priest and this priest will say the sword I have is only Goliath's sword and he'll say there's no other sword that's equal to that give it to me and I'll take it and he took it with him how God has strengthened him even physically when David was not able to wear King Saul's armor there was a power that came from God upon David where God not only trained his hands for battle and his fingers for war He was able to wear that armor. He was able to go and fight. He was able to carry Goliath's sword. He became a skilled warrior. You don't see after that, every place David goes and he goes with a sling and with a stone and he just stands there and he tries to hit his enemies. No. There's a transition that is taking place. God showed what David could do through what he had. But then God also made him a skilled warrior. In the eyes 
are the rest of the people of the world. God said, I'll make you better than them. I'll give you what you don't have. God didn't say, well, you have the sling and the stone. You brought Goliath. I'll have you, you know, use the sling and the stone. You just do one stone and one stone will hit all the rest of the people. And you use the sling and stone for the rest of your life. No, he didn't make him like a clown over there. Or make him someone different with a sling and a stone going everywhere. No, that was a one time thing for that one person that worked. But beyond that, if everybody is going to war, God said, I'll make you a better warrior than those people, the heathen that's out there. And who became his trainer? God himself. God himself became David's trainer. God is speaking to our hearts at this hour. I highly encourage you to read First Samuel chapter 17. If we don't keep God before us, if we don't give Him the priority, laying down our lives is putting God first in everything, in everything. God will take care of the rest. God will take care of the rest. I can share hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of testimony in our lives from our education to our marriage to our children from food to sleep to everything. How God has given us the grace to put Him first in all those areas, every area of our life. Now God has shown Himself so powerful. Same is the testimony of all our children. They have chosen to walk in the same path, in the exact footsteps of the parents. God has blessed them. A lot of suffering. Like David running, running and being chased by the enemy. We've seen so many victories. Look at David's life and say, oh David, what is this? Good for you. We all rejoice when we see Goliath down. What is this? How many years are you running? When is this going to come to an end? Well, the boss knows. Everywhere David ran, guess who also ran with him? The boss. He was with him wherever he went. Every time the enemy came, God gave David the upper hand. He didn't stop the enemy from pursuing David. But he made David an overcomer in every situation. Before he became the king, he became a very skilled warrior going to different places and winning those places for God. God is speaking to our hearts today. The passages that the Spirit of the Lord said, will give, he gave. The few passages, you go and you read those. Well, we've stopped where God wanted us to. We're focused on what the Spirit of the Lord wanted us to go deeper into the life the accomplishments of David by keeping God as his commander all the time. The times that he kept him as his commander, he won every single time. What are you seeing? What are you meditating? How is your priority? What is your desire. What is driving you 
Are you faithful in what God has given to you? Is that your first thing? Is that your main business? Are you saying, Lord, I will do this first. Whatever you call me to do, this will be my first priority. Or is it just one among many things? Whatever God has called you to do, only those who are faithful and only those who make that their priority are the ones who will be placed in trustworthy places. God knows and he sees how you esteem him, how you esteem his work, how this becomes your main thing. And God will bless you, bless your generation, keep you in his strength and with his power, place you in places of honor because he can trust you. Shall we close our eyes and look to the Lord? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Samuel became Prophet Samuel because every time Eli called him, he would run. Anytime he was given anything to do, That was his priority. I knew that. When I give you something to do, you'll do it. God came to him early. Early to Samuel. When God called him Samuel, ran. Even though he could have laid down. He could have said, somebody could go to Eli. I'm too tired. Let somebody else do it. But Samuel was not like that. He had a genuine care for Eli. And he ran without complaining. God is looking for such people, people of integrity, people who genuinely love God, genuinely love His work, genuinely are passionate after the things of God. People who lay down their lives because they love God. People who are not self-centered. The people who are passionate about the things of God. Thank you, Jesus. One will chase a thousand and two will chase ten thousand. Think about it. God used David in a very powerful way and God also gave David strong men, strong warriors, strong co-laborers who stood with David that God could trust and David could trust. This church must rise up to that. People like Uriah who said, I'm not going to go into the house when the ark of the Lord is outside. God is looking for trustworthy people. People who are not self-centered. 
people who have given themselves over to God Almighty. Thank you, Jesus. People who are faithful. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. People who truly love the Lord with all their hearts, mind, soul, and strength. Thank you, Jesus. God is looking for trustworthy people. God is looking for people who know who they are by their walk with the Lord. Who look at God. Who will see God in every situation. Who will meditate on God's word. Thank you, Jesus. Never overcome the enemy. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you, Lord, for this time. Thank you for giving us your holy word. Thank you for speaking to our hearts at this hour. I know that you've spoken to your people. Every word that you've given today is from your mouth. That is able to cause us to live. I thank you, Lord, for speaking to us. Lord, you never fail to amaze us. But how many times we read from the same portion. Your word is so fresh and so new, so powerful, so life-giving, so convicting. Oh, Lord, so refreshing. Thank you, Father. I pray may your people take this word that you've given and live by it. As your servant standing in the presence of God, before the throne of God, according to the power and authority given to me by the Almighty God, I bless your people with this blessing that you alone can bless them with that they may gain the eternal inheritance and the inheritance that you have for them on earth by being faithful to you, by being diligent in what you've given to them, by loving you with all their hearts, mind, soul, and strength, by having their priorities right and by living for you. They may never give an inch to the enemy. That they may have their ears open only to your voice and their eyes open only to your power. They may give glory only to you and not to the problem. That they may be humble so you can lift them up. And place them in seats of honor where you can trust them to keep you as the king and never touch your glory. With this blessing I bless your people with. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen.
Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your precious word. Thank you, Lord, for reviving us, Lord, showing us, Lord, where we need to be, always humble before you, looking to your great power to lead us by faith. As Moses, Lord, David saw him that is invisible, the living God. And Lord, he did not react like the king of Israel did or the soldiers. Thank you, Lord, for teaching us, Lord, different aspects that we need to absorb and reinforce in our lives, that we can walk in a manner, Lord, that will give us victory every time, make us a blessing to others. Thank you, Lord. We heard about the selflessness of David. He didn't go recklessly, but he went determined to risk everything so that your name could be glorified and that the people of God may be delivered. And Lord, that risk was not, Lord, with any fear or expectation of loss, but it was a risk with faith backing it up. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Help us, Lord, each of us to implement every principle that the Holy Spirit is giving. Their lives may be different, Lord. We know, Lord, that you've been teaching us the lower we go before you, the more humble, the more prostrate, the higher you'll take us, Lord. We glorify you. We thank you and praise you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that in the matter of healing, the matter of healing, in the matter of spiritual warfare, Lord, job situations, finances, housing, Lord, relational difficulties. Lord, you're teaching us not to look at what we see with our eyes or go by our feelings, but look to the living God with whom all things are possible. Thank you for the restoration period you brought us into. Marvelous are your ways, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We also heard a very important principle, Lord, that it's not the size that matters externally but the power of God. Thank you, Lord, for driving that point home in the recent couple of days from the service yesterday, this morning also, and tonight, Lord. It's the power of God at work in us that brings healing, that brings deliverance, and that causes us to have compassion to not focus on ourselves so that we can do your perfect will. And thank you, Lord. That's the place to be with divine peace, no disturbance in the soul, even if Everything is going wrong outside. We know that your victory will come to the one who looks to you. We thank and praise you, Lord. We thank you for blessing each of your children. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ May the love of God the Father and the sweet fellowship of his Holy Spirit rest and remain with us all now and until we see Jesus face to face. Amen. 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 God bless all of you. Have a